we've been talking the last couple of weeks about cultivating some life-giving habits in this season of Easter. It's a great time to uh, putting feet to faith, practicing things in our midst so that we develop those kinds of habits that actually help us transform over time. Last week we looked at cultivating joy and I want to thank those of you that were able to be there for sharing and contributing towards our collective understanding of all of I hope that you were amazed as as you listened to the various ways that that you all experienced joy in your life. And one of the things that blew me away was just the diversity of experience. And one of the things that that did is it filled me with hope that each of us are experiencing joy. And we said that joy last week is that it's that like inner well that God is filling up within us that really helps us to weather those storms, those seasons of stress and dysfunction. Joy can help. It's like a direct connection with our emotions. Our emotions, you know, kind of go up and down like a roller coaster, but joy is like that constant drumbeat that can really help focus us in life. This week, we're looking at the second of the three areas that we are focusing on this, this uh, month, cultivating action, which is more of like a hands focus. And that Micah 6.8 is one of those best known verses about what does the Lord require and desire from us. Because all three of those statements that pop up in that verse are actually all commands that God gives his people of what he really is looking for in this world. Why did God have to deliver those words at that moment in history? We know that prophets were given that special role by the Lord to be his mouthpiece and to speak the hard truth sometimes that God's people needed to hear. And at that point in history, God's people were engaged in a lot of religious rituals, things that looked good but weren't actually transforming anything within. It's almost like putting on a show for God. And so in Micah 6, God actually, he sort of, I guess you could say he lays out a legal case against his people, saying, you guys have really, you've missed the boat. But he doesn't necessarily do it in a way that's meant to like be permanently judgmental towards them. It's designed to show what do I really want to see from you because everything that we do in this life is supposed to flow from the transformation that is ongoing in our heart Amen. that the spirit is doing within us tangible acts need not be complicated but they're necessary and they actually help transform cultivate that soil that we talked a little bit about over the last couple of weeks when the inside of us is transformed by God the outside is better able to reflect the heart of God to the world around us. So I want to do two things this morning. Start with just unpacking a few brief verses from Scripture. And then like we did last week, I want to have our collective wisdom shared as we share our experience and some of the ways that we seek to cultivate action in our lives. And I am... A, they say you're not supposed to assume, you know, that you know what the word assume is. But I'm kind of assuming this morning that the diversity of our experience will help 
spur or stimulate us in different ways. Each of us can be doing something. We may not be able to directly change everything, especially the things that are way, way bigger than ourselves. It's one of the reasons why it's important to be connected to a local body of Christ, the church, but also groups that are even bigger than ourselves, because we can do more, we can do better together, far more than we're capable on our own. Throughout, all throughout the Bible, God repeatedly teaches his people about cultivating action. Micah 6.8, as we sing, you probably can say it out loud yourself if you want to. He has shown you, O mortal, O human one, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. The Lord delivers this word to his people because they weren't doing this at that time. He gives it as a wake-up call to put feet to your faith. That it can't just be stored up and bottled up inside of you. It always has this transformative effect both within us that spills out into the world around us. That's how people see the light of Christ through you and me. And if God is faithful, then how should his followers respond? There's those three phrases, and I actually like the Bible version that says, to do justice. That's the first one that God throws out. Actually, justice, mercy, and walking humbly with God. God, in that one verse, is giving you this is my very character. This is the character of my heart, and this is the character that we want to seek to emulate in our lives as well. It's what should motivate us and actually guide all of our steps in the world. Let's look at those three phrases. One, to do, to do justice. Today we often see justice as primarily a legal issue, elusive at best. Often we're more aware of the injustices we see. But God's view of justice is way bigger than legality. Justice is about addressing the needs and requirements and rights of people who are meant to be living in community to righting the wrongs in this world, restoring what is not currently right in God's eyes. And not just restoring things so that it benefits me, but actually God's justice is way bigger. It's restoring it so that it's for the benefit and flourishing of all. Yes. It's what we've been teaching kids on, that it, God's heart is that everybody has what they need all the time. Everybody because, has what they need at all times. Because everybody works together to make it happen. Yes. And that was what I was thinking about when I knew that we are going to be focusing on this verse today. What KidZone had sort of the, the definition could you, would you be willing to just say that again and I'll, I'll repeat it okay, so I that everybody, backwards. everybody yeah. works together, everybody works together so that everybody has all they need, so that everybody has all that they need all the time, all the time. Yeah, that's, that's sort of the, one of the definitions of justice from God's point of view. Now this acknowledges that our world is indeed broken. We, we see evidence of this every day in our own lives and in the lives around us, sometimes in our own jobs and the people that we interact with. Justice seeks to address 
not just the things that are happening, but the deep causes hmm. of that pain. When we engage in this, we actually join God in restoring wholeness in the world. We ask questions like, why does this hurt exist? And how can we actually address the causes of this hurt? You could almost think of this in just about every system or every injustice that you are aware of or have even participated in at times. Psalm 9 says that the Lord is known for his justice, but God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. God's eyes is always on the justice and the injustices that people experience in our world. Within God's heart, justice is always paired. It's never meant to be by itself. It's always paired, hi Phoenix, with mercy. For justice to reign on this earth, just as it is in heaven, hearts must be moved to act in love and mercy. That's why that second phrase is so important. It's always meant to be a pair with the first part. To love mercy. Mercy is a, it's a relational word. It's what God has already shown to each of us. As we sing, he's been faithful. He already is faithful and has been faithful to us because of who God is. When we love mercy, it means that we're extending God's unconditional love outward. And we'll talk in just a moment of some of the specific things that that might bring up for us. In Hosea 6, it says, the Lord declares, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Why do you think God would say that? That's one of those verses that I remember hearing a long time ago. It always confused me a little bit. Why do you think it says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice? I mean, when we read the Old Testament, doesn't it, isn't it filled with all of these rituals and sacrifices that God's people had to do? It is. Why would God now say this? Is God contradicting himself? I saw you move your hand, Rebecca. Well, I, I suspect it, it may have something to do with the heart behind the sacrifice. The heart behind the sacrifice? It doesn't want the sacrifice if mm-hmm. the heart and our beings are not. If we aren't motivated, you can write the biggest check to the local church that you ever want to. That would be great. But if the heart behind it isn't there, it doesn't matter. I, I've, um, I remember hearing a story about there was a church and there was they were going to receive a large donation, but when they found out that it actually was a donation that had come from some ill-gotten gains, they said no, even though this would have been like church-transforming resources but it was it was not the right way to go about it when the heart is not in it that's one of the things we find in the Old Testament is that people had forgotten the heart piece that all of the things that God had asked them to do to help them learn and grow had actually become rituals they had forgotten how to do things like this like just run around as a little child Instead, they were told, no, you need to sit down right now. No, no. (laughs) God's people need the regular reminder about what moves the heart of God, because that helps us then move in step with God. 
you know, Jesus actually quotes this verse when he is rebuked by religious leaders in his day, by, I'll just say it, by the church folks that said, you're breaking the law. You are gathering food on the Sabbath and you're eating even worse with a bunch of those sinners. And Jesus quotes this verse that says, you have not gotten the point at all. And then he goes on to teach that relationships and real needs actually display the truth within our heart far more than an empty ritual can ever show. Whenever we act in mercy towards those around us, we extend God's love outward when our heart is motivated properly. The last piece in that verse is walk humbly with your God. I was thinking about that I was thinking about that walk thing or that run thing. What happens when you go on a walk with someone? What do you do? Yeah, you, you move your you move your hands. No, you talk. You talk. You you go on a walk. We had a great opportunity to go on a walk with Roxy and Charles uh, like a week ago or so. It's more like just running after this guy most of the time. Um, but in that, when you walk with someone, you you talk with them. You get to know like what's going on in their life more. You you learn about the things that are going well and some of the hard things that are also going on. You grow closer when you walk closely with someone. And so I, I really see that as what God is desiring from us. Yeah, Amy. I was gonna say, you, you asked what do you do when you walk, and I'm like, well, first I sweat and I pant and I get out of breath, but you, um, you pace yourself with the other person. Yeah, that's, an, that's a very important point. When you are walking with someone, you, if, if I just go barreling forward as fast as me, you're stuck? Here you go. Well, this is almost bigger than you. There you go. Go take it to daddy. Go show daddy. You try to pace yourself. Rebecca and I have found this out when we go walking. We have to kind of find the pace that works for both of us. If I go at my pace, I will outpace her very quickly. Or if I go too slow, then she will outpace me. And God is looking for us to be at his pace. Sometimes we think that we want to just race on forward. We want to get way ahead of God. How's that work out? Because that's not where God is. Or we drag our feet, and we see God disappearing into the distance, doing his thing. How's that work out? That doesn't usually work out either. When we walk with someone, we start to see the world through their experience. Walking in this way is about living life with God. It makes sense that God asks us to walk humbly with him. Because when we do this, we start to become more sensitive to the things that actually are on God's heart causes God perhaps to be have a sleepless night like I know some of you have walking humbly with God opens our eyes and it grows our hearts and it strengthens our steps and it allows us to act as God already is acting we get a chance to join God in what God is already doing in this world so I want to make that transition for us this morning like we did last week and I want to ask a couple of questions and you might have to kind of shout out some answers, and I'll try to repeat them so everyone can hear them. What are some of the ways that you have experienced God's heart of justice? What are some of the actions that you have participated in to bring life and love to those around you? If this is our topic today, cultivating actions, 
What has some of your experience been? Let's just think of the last week. Otherwise, it's just too broad. What have you been able to do in the last week? Make breakfast for my daughter and grandson. Great. Yeah, Mike. So I went to a domestic and uh, the guy hit the wife in front of the six-year-old daughter and uh, bopped her a couple times in the face. And uh, of course we hooked him. But uh, that little girl, that she was a daddy's girl. And to see daddy do that, I could see she was really going through some stuff. So mm -hmm. I went and I got her one of those ice cream, what do they call them? Drumstick. Drumstick. Huh? Drumstick. Well, ice cream drumstick. I said, okay, if I give this to her, and the mom says, yeah, you want that? She goes, yeah. So I go, yeah, you look like uh, you're kind of warm inside the car, and this will cool you off. And she just big smile on her face, yeah. and it kind of helped her yeah. get through some of that. But uh... for those of you that couldn't hear, so Mike works for the sheriff's department, and there was a child that had to see something they shouldn't, and you had an opportunity to do, you know, what amounts to a very small act, but a very important act of helping kind of redirect and bring a smile to her to that little child's face. Yeah, thank you. She had done an interview and. Uh, deputies and said that uh, she didn't like talking to cops because she was afraid of them. Mm. And that kind of also helped to uh, stop that uh, stereotype. Yeah. One act at a time. Yeah. Remember I said at the very beginning cultivating action need tangible acts need not be complicated. What are some of the ways that you've been able to extend life and love to those around you in this week? Amy. I'm a words person, so my actions are often words. Yes. But being able just to speak truth to people, to some people who, um, in different situations, who couldn't see it. So using your words to be able to speak some, some truth, some helpful words to other folks who were in need. Yeah. Thank you. One of the challenges at being in the, and I don't know this yet because I'm not in my 80s yet, my, my mom and my aunt have thanked me over and over for being involved in all the details of their reverse mortgage, the home improvement, new roof, new gutters, paint job, because yeah. they can't do all of that. So you've been able to be helpful for your family in some of the, their tangible needs that they're not able to do themselves. Yeah, and I, my aunt even said something yesterday, well, you're going to get something for doing all of this. <laughs> and I said, what? I, I'm not expecting anything. Yeah. I'm just doing it because, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But What's another, another way, sometimes we think of cultivating action, you know, we're, we're seeking ways, as the Bible says, to bless others. You know, God has blessed us in so many amazing ways, but to be a blessing to the world around us. So maybe that's a more helpful word for us to think about as well. 
How have you been able to be a blessing to the world around you this week? Yeah, Kenya. Yeah, um, last night was our, uh, our rap party for Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear rap party. Yeah. Yay. And so um, I took my younger sister with me. Uh, she could be a difficult person. Uh, <laughs> and not, not the easiest person to be around. Uh, but I invited her. She's an extra grace required person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> EGR. So we were able to go together. Great. So you were able to take take your younger sister and, and, and be a part of something that would be meaningful and life-giving for her. Yeah, cool. Mr. Cheese. I truly am. I was their Uber driver. And Cheese was the Uber driver, so you, you were able to do something tangible as well. Yeah. Five stars? Five-star Uber driver or four and a half? Okay, all right. Yeah, Marcy. Mark reminded me of this, and I guess I didn't see it that way, but now that I think of it, last week I asked for prayer because I was speaking in front of Elaine's service. Yeah. And I truly walked humbly with God. Um, I was shaken, and but I got up there, and God was right by my side. Yes. And um, God was there the whole time. The pastor and I both focused on grief in our reading. Yeah. And the family focused, every one of them, the word fierce came up. And they didn't plan it that way. It was just what they wrote about what a fierce woman Elaine was. Fierce in love and protection. Yeah. For those of you that can't um, hear over there, so Marcy was able to speak at the funeral for one of her dear friends this past week. And it's always a little bit overwhelming when you're asked to say some words in a formal setting like that but you really felt the sense of God with you and almost ordaining the words that you were to say in that moment I felt your prayers yeah yeah and your words I'm sure were also a comfort for the rest of her family and friends as well yeah thank you Mark well I uh I belong to another club, and uh, we have a saying that, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to show up mm. because your presence may help someone, uh, either by words or just being there. And uh, a couple times a week I show up for that club. So Mark, Mark is sharing that as a part of another club that he's with, sometimes just showing up. The blessing of your presence. Humbly. Humbly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just one of them. Showing up is a huge piece for all of us. Being present. Being there. Yeah. I think Cindy. For, for the people, for, how do I, going to the ballet, going and seeing yes. Amanda, Amanda, I think. Mm-hmm. That always fills her heart when she she sees us there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, supporting each yeah. other. Yeah. yeah, one of the things that yes. that we do is, especially as a family of faith, is that we, we take an interest in the joys and the experiences of everybody. Like, um, 
I can appreciate dancing around on a stage. I don't know any of the nuance, but I can appreciate how amazing and, and amazingly difficult that is. And in the moment, it's not even a, it's always, remember we said this, I think it was last week or the week before, it's the thing behind the thing. We're helping support someone else because it's something that they love and appreciate. Yeah. I had I had the opportunity. Yeah. Last Amy. Saturday before Sunday in um, to go. So my niece Angela is on the spectrum and um, has a lot of anxiety about things, but she really wanted to audition for the, for a musical. So I went with her. Yeah. And she did it. Yeah. And and it was it was for me it was just I didn't do yeah. anything except go, but it made all the difference and she's. Yeah, we talked about this last week that you know. Um, there's a lot of overlap in these areas, so trying out for a musical, doing something out of your comfort zone can be, you know, can bring joy for other people. It might bring fear or terror um, to us, but also being there to support someone else means a lot. You know, think of the times where people have been there for you in something that you weren't quite sure about, but just knowing that they were there or that they were supporting you or praying for you meant a whole lot. Yeah. So all of these tangible acts, they need not be complicated, but they are oh so important. Oh so important. Like blowing bubbles for the kids. This is a this is a a living active message today. You know, we always know that we, we learn best from stories and illustrations and and so thank you for sharing some of the some of the ways that you've been able to to cultivate a little bit of action in your life, to be a source of blessing to those around you. Yeah. I have one more thing yeah. to add. Um, and I have to say thank you first to Beverly, because Beverly, you have provided me with so many vegetable seeds <laughs> that I need to do something with. And my effort and doing all of this is because I want to be able to grow more food and it's going to be an abundance that my family won't be able to devour. It's going to be an abundance. I mean, I have to do soil tests now because I want to ensure the amount of abundance that I want to provide for more than just myself. And this was an action step for me yeah. To go through and do a soil test. I haven't done that in my yard before, and I found out what things were depleted in my soil. And so now I'm. I'm so you can improve that so yes. that the soil improves and you can. The, the yield increases. Yes. So that I can provide more. Yeah. Hmm. That's the old effort. What might that say about the phrase that we used earlier or last week? The soil of our heart as well. I'll think about that more. Yeah. So once again, you know, Ray using his skills as a gardener, um, receiving seeds from another person, and all of that goes into being able to grow food to be a blessing to other people. We have so, we have such a diversity in our body. Yeah. Oh, I see, I see your hand back there. Sorry. Hope. Oh, I can't see it because it's too low. No, I see it. I see it. All right. Hope. Okay, all right, yeah. You know, I'll eat it. 
thank you. Yeah. So thank you for living out the phrase. We are we are we are actually better together. Yes. So yes, we we need somebody to cook it, and then we all need to be able to eat it as well. Yes. Amen. Yes. Having called his people to action, the Lord actually has. Let me take one of these clips off. These are my anti-wind clips. The Lord has one final word in Micah, from Micah 7. It's a word of hope, actually. And it's a reminder that hope does have the final word in all of this. It says, Who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance, that's the remainder of his faithful people, you do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. You will be faithful to our ancestors and show love to Abraham as you pledged on oath in days long ago. My friends, hold on to this hope as you continue to cultivate acts that delight the Lord. You know, it says the Lord delights in showing mercy, but he also takes great delight when we do the same and allow God's heart of justice and mercy to flow through you out into the world. On the, the song sheet that I gave you, I actually I just put a bunch of scriptures on there. So if you're looking for other particularly action-oriented verses, this would be a good starter list to read through. So you can open up, a, you can find a Bible, pull it up, and start there. There are literally hundreds of verses that can help direct you. Some of them are very easy, and some of them will be extremely challenging verses, all right? I want to pray for us, and then we're going to uh, uh, conclude our service time and sing a final song as well. So let's, let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks. We thank you for the joys of being able to run around and blow bubbles and to be together, and the way that you use all of our gifts and skills together to make a difference in this world. I pray that you will continue to allow us as your people here on earth, in this time and space, to really live out the words of Micah 6.8, that we would be able to do justice, to show mercy, and to walk humbly with you, O Lord our God. We thank you for this time. We love you. I pray now for each person here that you will continue to bless them in this week to come, that they might be a blessing to those around them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So now receive this blessing. May God bless you in the week to come. May he draw you nearer to his presence by the power of the Holy Spirit and enable you to be the people that he knows you can be and to do what the Lord himself requires. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen and amen. amen. Have a great week. And remember, next Sunday we're back at Black Diamond High School, all right? Yeah. But enjoy it this time now.